Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone. This week, talking CZW, No Rules, No Limits, which happened July 22, 2000, in the Soccer Champs Arena, Sebel, New Jersey. Which we looked at in a car ride this week, Ben, uh, checking over the Zandig Wikipedia, which I can't believe we hadn't done before. Actually, his hometown. Yeah, I mean, should have guessed. That's why he's so popular. I mean, <laughs> that's why he is allowed to book an arena. Yeah, I think uh, we both said, and also it came to pass that the reason we don't check it is because it starts funny and ends sad. Yeah. Uh, like, and it did end sad with, and we were just like, let's not do this. Let's just enjoy CDW blind instead of spoilers and and being made to feel sad. That's the big part I don't do it is because you, you like you know I don't know if Lobo lives past the year two thousand two and if I checked his Wikipedia yeah I don't I want to find out yeah, I want to <laughs> see it happen in the ring yeah I don't want any spoilers <laughs> for real life uh, so this show opens with probably the worst audio and video we've seen since like the very first few shows maybe even worse than that this looked fucking terrible yeah it's it's really bad and it's a shame because like I mean I guess they put a lot of money into what should have been their pay per view. <laughs> Because like that looked good, had decent audio, but this is, this is like Vaseline smeared. It's very bad. I uh, have it near it's like Sin City cam because it looks mostly black and white. But then if someone has like a bright red shirt, you can see the red or like you can see very bright colors. Yeah, it looks like most of the footage is on like a crime show and they're trying to find a criminal because it's so blurry. And then just like you'll just see like the occasional face look at the <laughs> camera and you'll just be like, oh man, this is like twelve p. Well, to be fair, you could almost argue this is a crime show. I'm sure some actual crimes took place if we knew the bylaws of Sewell, New Jersey. Yeah, I felt I felt dirty and like I'd done something illegal watching it for sure at certain points. <laughs> so we begin with the announcer and Barr in the ring, and he's just running down the card. This is when I noticed how bad the audio is. We've talked about how it's hard to understand before. I literally couldn't understand a single word either guy was saying. No, it's awful. It's okay. it's it's really bad. The commentary is working, and I guess that's sort of a blessing in the, the disguise, or I don't, I don't know. Uh, at least they don't have the same audio, because if you couldn't understand either, I'd be like, fuck this show. Yeah, I, I mean, the level, I mean, you know, maybe I'm expecting too much for a bit of audio mixing, but the commentary is definitely, like, on a par. Like, they've not bumped it up over the the crowd work, the crowd or, like, the, the yelling. So it's quite quiet in parts. It's, like, almost ASMR levels at points with the commentary. Yeah, totally. It feels like their mics have, like, one of those faulty leads that keeps unplugging. So, yeah. like, half the time... There'd be some matches, like, entire matches where the commentary just wasn't in, and then they'd jump in, like, at the very end. <laughs> and, like, I'm allowed to mock this because, if you remember, I did a bit of audio mixing <laughs> the other week, <laughs> so that's given me the pass. You know, I'm... I'm basically, I was going to say Phil Spector then, but no, I'm, I'm not like Phil Spector. <laughs> I'm another famous producer. Um, who's never murdered anybody. Who's never murdered anybody, um, you know, and he definitely did it. He's dead now, we can say that. But yeah, I'm not like I'm not like Phil Spector, but I'm like a music producer. Mm. Um, Speaking of music. Yes. Well, yeah, the, I didn't the, know where to go from there. I <laughs> thought I'd driven myself into a ditch with the Phil Spector talk. The hate club music hits, uh, and they enter, and I got to say, they do look cool. They do look like a gang, especially with Jesse Drive with the baseball over his shoulder, and he's like this like six-foot-five guy. I just like the look of the hate club. Gangs are cool. Official, <laughs> that's the <laughs> official endorsement for gangs yeah. in the comics in the Combat Zone podcast. Uh, Smack Mac begins a promo, and he's just even tougher to understand. 
Uh, the fan that brings signs every week is telling him how much he sucks. Just in case it maybe looks the most ridiculous of all, he's wearing, like, shorts, a tank top with sunglasses, and, like, biker gloves. And I'm like, this is just a wild look. And he's a bald guy. Yeah, it's like when... um all your best armor in, in an RPG is from different armor sets. <laughs> so he's just like, looks like a completely wild character. You know, you're like, well, these leather, leather gloves give me plus 12 stamina, but I've only got beach shorts and they give me 12. <laughs> like, he looks crazy. Yeah, like, it's, an, it's a wild look. Yeah. I have written here six minutes in, not sure if this show has ever looked or sounded worse. Uh, and of course, they start with an extended promo section when you can't understand the promo. Uh, Matt gives Justice Payne a night off. And all the details I have here, you get from commentary, because they're sort of reiterating throughout, thank God. Uh, which is actually bad commentary, talking over a promo segment, but whatever. Um, that, that's when Primo Robbie Marino comes out with Rob Hartog, who's like literally his enforcer, which I sort of like. And, and Robbie, they say, that's our vice president. And I'm like, yeah. so Robbie Marino's technically gone from fired to like backstage announcer to vice president of CZW. Yeah, I'm worried about Zandig's cognitive abilities because, yeah, that's a crazy career path. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, because there's loads of talk in this episode about, like, oh, vice president. I'm like, when did this... Like, I guess we don't care about title belts or actual titles because they're just being made vice president and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Moreno says something that just upsets the hate club and then... Uh, the commentary is reacting like shocked over something he said. And then out of nowhere, Moreno just lays out Ed O'Mac with a punch. And the hate club just do nothing. They sort of bitch out here. Like, there's five of them in the ring staring down Moreno and Hardtog. And then Moreno and Hardtog are basically like, fuck you guys. And yeah. just leave. And I was like, wow. These guys, this is the tag match I want to see. Yeah, this is, yeah, gangs are for losers. Officially <laughs> on the comics in the combat zone. <laughs> so hate club then decide, since they've just been cocked so hard in ring, they chase away the commentary team. And now they're going to take over the commentary. So this is smack mac on commentary. Just total nightmare situation. Yeah, it's, I mean, I you know, I've grown to appreciate our rotund boy, but like it's not it's not good. Like <laughs> it's I don't, the last role you want to see him in. Yeah, like his voice is good audio doesn't even improve it. He's just like, um like oh, <laughs> let's see some real comedy. like okay. Yeah, less is more. Yeah. And then for some the first thing he does when he gets on commentary, he's like, Ring the bell, guys, ring the bell and the ring's just empty. Like there's no one even in there and you're just like, dude, like yeah. calm down, compose yourself. And then finally out comes Rock and Rebel as we get ready for our first match <laughs> of the night. And Mac actually, it's funny, he goes into commentator mode and puts him over. He's like, this is one tough whippersnapper we got here. Uh, and then more music hits and Nick Burke enters holding light tubes. So he's like fully transformed now. He is just hardcore Nick Burke. Yeah, and they are really pushing like Rock and Rebel. Like they're yeah. really, like this is their... John Cena, in terms of like, <laughs> they just really need this guy to pop off because they are even Max Mac is, yeah, like you said, like, oh man, this guy, this guy's awesome. Like, it's funny, it feels I want to like, kiss this man. <laughs> well, it feels like, you know, Zandig used to just bring in these hulking guys and it just feels like his gym partner. Yeah. Like, this is the latest gym partner, Rock and Rebel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, but as soon as Burke comes in, Acid actually takes the. Um, the light tubes away from him and so that's they're teasing like the backseat boys do not endorse they're still trying to be soft core whereas nick burke is now like a baby face it's very strange uh cashmere begins a promo uh, and again he's just absolutely drowned out by commentary you can't understand him uh, and mac is just drowning him out with awful jokes as well he's like look at their pants they should call them the fancy pants connection 
That's pretty good, actually. I enjoy, yeah, they, they they are fancy pants, to yeah. be fair, that uh, Trent Acid is wearing. But yeah, it is like brick from Anchorman level insults and jokes <laughs> and things like that uh, that he's thrown at them. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure there's some slurs, but I can't hear the commentary that well. Yeah. Uh, so we get at the start of our first match. This is 17 minutes into the fucking show. We start the first match in a show where you can't understand the microphones. So it's like, this is not a great start. No. Uh, and Burke quickly hip tosses and then does this like really sloppy dive to the outside where he almost gets his foot caught and like bails. And then back in the ring, he hits like a Booker T like spin kick that actually looked pretty cool. Uh, Rebel whips uh, Burke into the corner and then Burke does like the Ray Phoenix sort of jumps up on the ropes and counters into a cross body. And I was like, Burke is looking like better than ever. Yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know when. When did Ray Phoenix start wrestling? Maybe another, yeah. another stolen. Some some more stealings going on from you know the the famous wrestlers of today, <laughs> stealing everything from CZW. Absolutely. Uh, they get outside with the chairs, and Burke just body slams Rebel, uh, holding a chair as well. Then back in the ring, uh, I love they just use going in and out of the ring as like transition spots still in CZW. Uh, Rebel gets a clothesline in and then puts the chair on the chest of Nick Burke and drops an elbow on it, follows it up with just a long chin lock sleeper spot. The match really just slows down when Rebel takes over. You can tell he's like really green sort of and like just doing the basic sort of. He looks good though. Like he, he is yeah. like a big hulking man, but like he's definitely got ultimate warrior energy of like. Well, we said it when he debuted. He looks like an 80s classic yeah, wrestler. Yeah, where like he can do you know one move quite well but yeah. then he's absolutely gassed so <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of other work that the wrestler has to do the other wrestler has to do to uh kind of put him over um but yeah he looked good and and it's not i it's actually not a bad match from what i can see through the it's very basic i feel like if any you're any a- sort of athlete put like a year year and a half into wrestling training like this is sort of be the match they put out you know yeah um, which isn't like an insult, but whatever. Uh, Burke mounts his comeback with a springboard crossbody, followed by a super kick. Uh, he gets countered, thrown to the outside, and then Rebel does just this terrible axe handle, and the crowd sort of boos his axe handle. So he just picks up a chair and like destroys it on Neck Burke's head, and then the crowd cheer. Yeah, that, yeah. So Always like, that. Zand- I feel like Zandig, he pulled him aside and went, if it's going badly, bro, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just just hit the guy with a chair and like you'll win the crowd back. Because that's the, the thought bubble that came about. Yeah, the yeah. That it was just like from the most intelligent deathmatch wrestler, just just grab a chair if things are going <laughs> bad. So Rebel follows by setting up a table on the outside, but Burke attacks with his own chair shot to the head. Burke suplexes Rebel with like the lamest bump ever. Uh, and the table doesn't even break, so but it turns it into a patented table ramp, which we've now come to love here on this podcast. Yeah, 10 out of 10. 7 out of 7, rather. Uh, Burke climbs to the top of this the cage, sort of, that surrounds the arena we always talk about. And then he does, like, the... It's like he's going for an elbow drop, but he sort of bitches out at the end and lands on his feet for half a second. It all just looked really non-committal and sort of sloppy. And then yeah. a show where we're going to see, like, insane dives, it's sort of like... Either do the dive or don't, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. Uh, so he doubled down on, or they do a double down spot where both clothesline each other in the middle of the ring. Uh, Burke is a lame face buster, but then he grabs the light tubes. But then from behind, again, Acid takes him out of his hands and Rebel rolls up Burke for a win at 9 minutes and 12 seconds. I, it felt a bit too long for my liking. I don't know. It was just a bit too basic. And, yeah, definitely. And it looked sort of botchy, and I don't know. Yeah, it, like it was, it was okay. Like some, there was some alright moves, and it's like definitely not the worst opening match we've ever seen at a CZW show. Definitely, um, John Dahmer wasn't involved in this one. Yeah, very true. Uh, and even with Max Mack on commentary, like I thought it was okay. 
Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe my brain is broken to now, like, <laughs> with the relative quality levels. But I was like, okay, yeah, it can certainly get worse. Uh, Backseat Boys then get in the ring, and you sort of see where this is going right away. Uh, and you just see them arguing before they finally turn and attack Bert. So this is the official breakup of the softcore connection. This is dev- they- this is devastating. This is <laughs> this, just after I've I genuinely started to enjoy the Backseat Boys and the softcore connection. As we said, gangs are cool, you know, mm. and they were a gang, and now they're gone. Rest in peace, gang. D- to be honest, though, jokes aside, like I think Burke w- sort of works better in this role as like the crazed turned hardcore guy. Oh yeah, and then Backseat Boys as a tag team are sort of a solid unit. So no, yeah, abso- yeah, jo- yeah. Jokes aside, obviously, like this is the best for all of them. Like they weren't. Like, I enjoyed them, their softcore connection, but they had a very limited shelf life, I'd say. And totally. Like, I think the quality of the wrestlers, like, they're definitely better as a tag team and a solo, and then Dewey stays, I think, managing the backseat boys, which is... Works. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a better outcome, but, you know, obviously sad to see the boys part. So, mercifully, the hate club leave the, com- the commentary table, and then the commentators just return. Uh, and Je- Jesse Drive, he drives fans, or... <laughs> Jesse Drive is there, and the commentators are just riffing on him. It's like, they call him Jesse Drive because he drives fans to the concession table. And then the other guy's like, I thought it meant he had no sex drive. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, that's weird, because why would they call him Jesse Drive if he didn't have a sex drive? Like, if anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Jesse Drive's into a concession stand. I'll, I'll stand by that one. That gets a stamp of approval from this comic. That's not, that's not too bad. No. Then out comes Newcomer, a name I'd actually heard before, Nate Hatred. Now, this guy looked ridiculous. He, it looks like he's got, like, kiss face paint on. He's ridiculously <laughs> yeah. jacked. Yeah, I have written here he's, like, the default Guitar Hero character that you can pick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a great call, actually. Yeah, it definitely looks like that. And then out comes his opponents, Mercury, who also is, like, uh, his story is that he's being feeling disrespected by CZW because he wasn't brought to Big Japan Wrestling. And they call him a new Mercury as he blows red mist into the sky upon entering. So it's like he hasn't been invited to Japan. So as a result, he's adopting like this Japanese gimmick and he's got face paint on and he's blowing mist. Yeah, yeah, just loves blowing mist now. He's learned that one move. That's all he's learned. That's all he's (laughs) learned. That's what they do in Japan, right? They just blow mist. That's their thing. Yeah, that's their thing, right? What, what flips? No, (laughs) just mist. Just mist. Uh, and Nate, you could almost say he missed the mark on that one. There we go. <laughs> so this is the match we get. Nate Hatred versus Mercury. Uh, and the commentary says Zandig's flight is delayed. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned. We don't know if we're getting the boss here tonight. And that would be a run-on story for the rest of the night. Uh, Mercury's in control with the classic flippy offense you've come to expect before just getting back body dropped over the top rope. And it's sort of like a Spike Dudley thing here where... He like clips the table like with like his shoulder and his head, but he doesn't actually go through it, and it looks way more brutal than if yeah. he just hit the table flush. Uh, they're brawling outside, but if this makes sense, it's like brawling but with no real action. Like they're just sort of grappling a bit, and like it, it, just a lot of nothing going on here. Yeah, I think you can definitely tell when wrestlers haven't talked to each other before a match because mm-hmm. this definitely feels like that where like maybe maybe they've agreed on a table spot or two, but they're just like. Well, we're outside now. What do you, It's like when a dog catches the car. He's like, what do I do now? Like, yeah. now we're outside. What how, what, what are we doing now, lads? Like, well, what's and, going and on? And I, I had called Rock and Rebel Green, but he looked like he had years of experience on Nate Hatred, who looks yeah. like, like this could have been like his first match in front of people. Yeah, and you need like a good wrestler on the other side to kind of like carry it and kind of do a lot of that work. And like Mercury's a fine wrestler, but he's not 
that wrestler. Yeah, exactly. He's no Rick Blade. Come on. No, yeah, God. <laughs> I wish. And in the ring, uh, Nate Hatred hits a flat clothesline. And he's funny. He's doing all the heel shtick that I'm sure he's just seen people do. So he clotheslines him and then goes for a pinfall, but then lifts Mercury up at two to, so he can deliver more punishment. Uh, and then he just chokes him with both hands on the ground. And when the referee yells at him, he intimidates the referee. Which I don't know why the referee's yelling at all, because this show is called No Rules. Yeah, that's true, actually. Why is there even a ref? (laughs) Finally, Mercury ducks another clothesline attempt, then hits the green mist in the face, gets Nate Hatred on the top rope, and hits a super RKO for the win at 7 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, Which sort of, I always think it's weird to debut a guy that they clearly have plans for on a loss. But whatever. Who yeah. gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe, the, yeah, who knows? Who knows what they're thinking? This is when the commentary explains, by the way. They're like, by the way, so the red mist causes pain. <laughs> the yeah. green mist causes blindness. And then the black mist just confuses them. Yeah, it's like Pokemon. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that got, like, if people in Japan who do that would just like, that... No, that's not what it represents at all. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's just causes pain. Like They all cause pain. <laughs> uh, they set up the next match for the CZW Tag Team titles, and Nick Mondo, our new favorite wrestler of all time, is out first, <laughs> followed by the long bow at the bar entrance, and Blade is back out with Shorty after, if you remember, she was just laid out at the end of last show. Uh, and him and Blade, uh, Mondo and Blade look like a good team together. It's almost like if they debuted as a team, that would just make sense, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, obviously they're both good wrestlers. I was excited to see them. Although, I didn't quite hear that it was a tag team match uh, at the start. So <laughs> yeah. I was just like, what on earth is going I thought Mondo and Blade, because I'm sure, I don't, it, I might be misremembering now, but there was a bit of like animosity between the two at one point with Shorty, right? Like there was already that's sort of some stuff going on there. They're so basically I was like, doing the mega powers here with Miss Elizabeth in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, are they att-? like okay, fair enough? But yeah, obviously it becomes evident. But yeah, like I, I think Rick Blade looks cool. He's he's a company man as well. Like he always wears a CZW shirt. <laughs> he loves he loves his job. Um, and yeah, I was excited for this for sure, especially with Mondo. Totally. Uh, so we get the backseat boys versus Nick Mondo and Rick Blade. Uh, Cashmere begins with Blade, and they immediately like botch their reverse off because you know I knew this match was going to start with a reverse off. So then it's almost like they gather themselves and then try again, and then they do like a really fast-paced, impressive one, and it ends with Blade hitting a neckbreaker. Uh, Acid tries to attack from behind, but then Mondo interrupts it and power slams Acid. And it all leads up to this double alley-oop spot from the baby faces to Trent Acid. Right away, the pace is, like, fast and heavy here. Yeah, I was... I mean, coming into this match, this episode had been... Like, obviously, it was an okay match. The matches hadn't been, like, awful, but I was still feeling, like, fatigued already. There'd been and nothing I was like, good. Yeah, there'd been nothing good. Everything was very mid. And that's obviously, as you know from this podcast, the worst you can be is mid, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but then it actually started to get going. And I was like, holy shit, like... Yeah, these guys have... It's that sort of chemistry thing that you can just tell wrestlers have sometimes. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they particularly worked that much beforehand or if it just... Sometimes it just clicks with guys in the ring. And you can tell with all four of these guys. I, and I think just uh, Acid and Cashmere just suit each other. They just are a good team. Yeah, yeah. The, I think it was one of the best things they've done so far in CZW overall. Like, back room plot sort of to bring the backseat boys in for retire sure retire robbie marino yeah and just move him over <laughs> yeah well retire become the vice president i guess yeah definitely yeah tomato tomato yeah, yeah. Uh, and then blade immediately hits a a high angle swanton over the post onto both guys this is when the match starts getting like just crazy with high spots 
All three of the guys are grouped outside when Mondo hits this huge top rope Asai moonsault onto all three guys. Uh, Blade and Cashmere get back in the ring and they sort of slow it back down. When Blade steals the tarantula made famous by Tajiri, where he's like holding onto him on the ropes, and then Mondo comes in and drop kicks him into the face. The crowd is just on fire at this point. And so am I. Like I'm <laughs> like, this is insane. This is like, where on earth has this come from? Mm. And I was like, actually, genuinely gutted that it was trapped within this vortex of shit quality. Because it looks like, so bad too. Still. Yeah, like it looked the quality of it like looks so bad. And that's how high quality the match was. It even manages to break through that smear of Vaseline <laughs> to realize that you're watching something great. And like this is, this is a great match. Yeah. Like it, and it just keeps getting more and more intense and and even better throughout. Yeah, Blade hits this. What I can describe as like an accordion German suplex because he just folds the guy like almost in three, uh, and then goes for the pinfall. But Cashmere breaks it up. Uh, the two pairs, the two pairs separate as Cashmere dives on Blade on the outside. Meanwhile, Acid hits this super top rope facebuster onto Mondo onto a chair. But in the way he does it, like his arms are tied, so there's no way for Mondo to protect himself. He's just yeah. flatly eating a chair on his face. Um, but Mondo's, he's fine. He'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He reverse versus an Irish whip and then a chair shot by Acid and flips him into his own chair. Cashmere saves and then hits a high angle diamond dust on Mondo. Uh, which looked really good. It's almost like, I, I feel like Cashmere maybe botched it, did it a bit dangerously, and it just made the move look extra good, which happens sometimes. Yeah, I think I think for sure, like, obviously we can watch matches and, like, things just never work for mm -hmm. the wrestlers, and, like, we've had that a couple of times where it just seems like they lose their confidence a bit, but even throughout all the, you know, minor botches and stuff, it just seems to make them more, like, want to get things right and want to, like, fix it. So... Everything just seems to go right for them, I'd say, in this. Like, everything... Totally. Everything works, and, like, stuff that is even a botch still just makes it look cool because they kind of are very good at recovering and, like, going into something else and, and things crowd, like that. the crowd is so into it that when they do botch, they don't lose them, and they're not chanting, you fucked up. Like, the crowd's no. just with them, which actually really helps. Like, you forget a good crowd can enhance a match. Yeah, they, like, they trust the wrestlers to turn it around, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade then comes in, drop kicks uh, Cashmere out of the ring, and then Dewey Donovan enters and attacks Blade from behind. And this sets up Rob Hartog, who hits this huge spinning sit-out powerbomb to Dewey Donovan for maybe the biggest pop of the night so far. It's legitimately awesome. <laughs> like, this spot deserves its own place on, like, what's that? What's the wrestling website where they review all the matches? What's that website called? match? Yeah, it just deserves its own, like, full star rating on that. Because like, it is... <laughs> It is so perfect, and what you know, Hartog's been building, the enforcer's been building to this dream moment, and like he lands it so it I, <laughs> feels like when he did it, he the world would have gone in slow motion as he was doing it, and every he would have just known how beautiful the moment was. You know, his kids from his divorced wife were there <laughs> cheering him on, and he was like, "This is gonna make me such a cool guy when I go into my air conditioning sales job <laughs> on Monday." Like it is, it's perfect it's Flawless. so good yeah it is yeah. incredible uh at this point acid comes back in the ring hits a jackhammer on mondo uh, and then uh, blade pulls him outside and then hits a suplex on the ground uh, mondo and blade then set up cashmere in the corner and i can sort of see what they're going for but i was like there's no fucking way they're gonna do this they go for put chairs on both sides of cashmere and go to opposite corners setting up what would be a double van terminator <laughs> yeah. 
and they both leap at the side from the east side and nail it as picture perfect as like you could nail it. Like it's the, so sick. At the exact same time, it looked incredible, and the fans are chanting CCW, and so am I. Yeah, I'm 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 in tears at this point. <laughs> My shirt's off. <laughs> I, I've not popped this hard since uh, Sting entered AEW. Like I am, I'm losing it. Yeah. Uh, Mondo then grabs a table and sets it up outside. And at this point, you're like, whatever, however long the match goes from this point, it's just got to get crazier because we've already seen insane spots. They're yeah. only going to try to top it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, he sets it outside. Acid uh, lands a kick on Blade on the outside. And then, or sorry, no, they set Acid on the table and he's laid on it as Blade climbs up the crow's nest. And you just know what's happened. Acid jumps off and starts taunting. And, like, giving the middle finger to Blade. And he's like, you're not going to hit a high spot on me. When out of nowhere, Nick Burke comes from the back, hits him with a chair, and then sets him back up on the table. Now, this was another uh, just great spot. Sick Burke, man. This was incredible. Like, I I never thought I'd be popping for Nick Burke. But I was like, this makes sense. This this is wrestling. This is sports entertainment, people. (laughs) This is is long-term storytelling. Well, long-term, like, we'd seen him break up like 10 minutes ago or whatever but <laughs> you know actual storytelling actual booking like it and it's awesome like mm-hmm. it's so it makes sense like it's a great betrayal you know we've seen a lot more betrayals in this than in game of thrones but like this made sense and it was you know it, it was so good it was great it was out of nowhere as well the camera by accident basically made him just like look like he walked in out of nowhere so it was so cool yeah it was awesome and then blade just follows it up with just another wild swanton bomb yeah picture perfect through the table uh the camera is almost like cutting out here and i was like if this camera dies in this match i'm like that is the most czw thing could happen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but then it, it it comes back and it does that like it shows the time on the bottom of the footage so i'm like this is like some really old school like vhs yeah they didn't know how to get rid of that (laughs) as they head to the the corner office area that we're used to seeing them wrestling in this arena if that makes sense where it's almost like trailers in the corner uh and mondo and cashmere are fighting on top with a light tube table set up below because we need to bring light tubes up here mondo just flatly falls off the off the building and lands on this table and almost immediately as he gets up, you can just see his back is all torn up, like just bleeding. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Mondo obviously retired quite, like, relative, in relatively short. And you can see why, because he just bowls to the wall straight away. Every Back match. to the table. Just, <laughs> yeah. Just immediately. Um, and, yeah, it's good. The camera's, like, followed them around as well this time. So you can kind of see everything mm-hmm. that's going on. It's not just, like, hidden behind a, the, the crowd as sometimes they are. Totally. Um, but, yeah, it's it's mad. Like, it's mad that the... the, the that spot, you know, where he jumps off the crows and normally like is like a finishing spot, but they're just like, no, we'll just keep going, man. And yeah, I'm we like, got another like five minutes left. Yeah, like, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. So Acid and Blade fight back to the ring. This ostensibly takes Mondo out of the match, by the way. Uh, the backseat boys set up another table in the ring. That's when Shorty jumps in and slaps Kashmir. So he puts her on a table, and then for some reason, Blade just comes in out of nowhere and like power bombs trent acid through shorty through the table and i was like why did he do that this is what you get for looking at nick mondo yeah no it's it's very it is odd like i guess i guess it's supposed to be like oh he's so enraged or whatever he doesn't know what's going on yeah maybe he's mistake shorty for cashmerino or something like that and there would be a story reason at the end of the match but uh we'll keep going here cashmere hits like what i can only call an airplane spin driver which looked great and then followed up by the alley-oop splash with acid for a two-count. Blade just kicks out clean, which was like a great near fall. 
Commentary kicks in for literally like the last spot. Like they hadn't been here this entire match. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice. To be fair, like, I thought the match was so good, but yeah, it was. It is weird because the commentary's just been dead for like th this match and loads before as well. Like mm -hmm. it's very odd. Yeah, it feels like they they didn't know their mics were dead because they yeah. come in like they've been announcing this at the high pace like the entire time. Yeah, maybe Max Mack had pranked them and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Got your leads, brother." <laughs> And then they, it comes in literally for the last spot as they take Blade to the top rope. Uh, Acid hits his face buster as Kashmir catches him with an ace crusher on Blade for the clean win at 15 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, just an incredible match. It was just a really great match. Yeah, like, uh, transcended. In terms of, like, saying things are good, we've always been in the mire of CZW. But I'd say this transcended CZW to the point where you're like, this was just a legitimately very good match. Yeah, and it's out of nowhere, too. Like, I was expecting Genuinely. it to be all right, but I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, especially with how the show had been so far and the quality of the video and stuff. Like, I was... I was astonished. Like, I was really pumped. Like this show needed this so bad. CZW needed this. Like <laughs> genuine. Like to see that there's wrestlers within CZW who can produce this sort of match was exciting because yeah, it you're gives like, you hope. yeah. Give, <laughs> God, we sound so pathetic. It does give. You, it, it gave me a small amount of hope. You know, they, what they said. It's all true. Like it, and it was great. It was. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun watching it. I love tag team matches. Um, so yeah, this was incredible. Yeah, it's great. At the end, the so Backseat Boys just get out of there with their titles. Uh, the fans just are like giving a standing ovation to the baby faces who are in the ring. So am I. And I've painted the American flag on my belly. <laughs> I'm 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 all there for it. Uh, commentary has the funniest line where he says, "We all know CZW are the most appreciative fans <laughs> in <laughs> the industry." And I'm like, like, really? I've heard so many racial slurs or like homophobic slurs yeah, in the same audience in the same they, arena. They hate the rest. <laughs> like you have to do <laughs> so much to earn the crowds and like. Some ways that's good, but in all the other ways, it's really bad because the crowd hate the wrestlers <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. a lot of the time. And they're wasted and just rude. Yeah, they appreciate when you almost kill yourself. That's only then will you earn <laughs> their respect. So Mondo, this is why I think the spot with Shorty getting taken out, he, come, he comes in and he's like prioritizing taking care of yeah, Shorty yeah, yeah. and he's checking on her uh, and the bar's sort of stooging him out. The bar's po po like pulls Rick Blade aside and he like points at what Mondo's doing. And so you can see they're just keeping that story going. Yeah, and the commentary's like, ooh, I guess, mm, I guess Mondo's a bit sweet on Shorty. <laughs> like proper going for it and be like, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't let my woman talk to a man like that. Actually, I'd batter them, Rick Blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fucking so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah, that ends this segment. So then we. Get What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Get Pastor Jim out, and he enters in a full white suit with Natasha, uh, and so I guess they're just a pair now. Yeah. And the commentary is a great line. She's like, "What is she doing here? She's female and over the age of 15." <laughs> That's pretty good. It's That's fair play. Pretty clever stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we get like long scenes. So Pastor Jim's cutting this promo. You can't hear it, just like every other promo on this show. 
And then for some reason the ca commentary or the camera goes to commentary who's just like reacting to the promo they're hearing. And yeah. it's, it's like, it's just very bizarre. This whole thing was bizarre. This is the original React. This is where Logan Paul got it from. <laughs> this is where they, you know, Hasanabi got it. They got it from these, the CZW React team. Yeah, exactly. So John Dahmer comes out all offended because uh, his ex that he regularly beat is now hanging out with the pastor <laughs> yeah. guy. It just makes no sense. He decides to run in, but then Jim get, kicks him in the gut, and Natasha hits her patented DDT on him. So this sets up a spot for Rob Hartog, who we know hates Pastor Jim. They've got a long-standing feud now. Uh, and it turns out this whole thing is a setup, as Dahmer just pops to his feet and gives a spine buster to Hartog. Because I guess when you don't mean a move, then it actually yeah. does no damage on you. So he just shakes off this DDT like it was nothing. That's the wrestling rules, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, it's sad to see him like this, especially with the high he's just experienced with Dewey Donovan. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's yeah. just so it's just a shame they couldn't give him a W. They had to follow up with a big fat L. Yeah, and this is an L or even a cross, if you will, because Dahmer pulls out this big wooden cross covered in barbed wire, and you know where they're going with this immediately. Yeah, not out of his pocket. The way you said that suggested he, oh, like, yeah. ripped it out of his, like, magician's pocket. But it is odd that it just, like, out of nowhere, kind of. It's under the ring. Yeah. And so you can tell this is all pre-planned or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they throw it in. They lean the cross against the top rope and then zap strap Rob Hartog's uh, arms to it so he's, like, crucified. By the way, this is a famous angle done in ECW years earlier, so this is just like a straight ripoff. And ECW caught so much flack for it at the time. Famously, Kurt Angle, that was his first ever show at an ECW event. And when he saw that, he was so disgusted. He was like, I don't want my name anywhere near this and refused to ever come back to an ECW wow. show. Wow. I wonder if that's why he never went to CZW. That's probably <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> He was like, he saw that tag team match and was like, holy, sh oh my, come on, Again? guy. Yeah, bro, come on, for real. Yeah. And so then they, they up the ante and Dahmer starts dousing Rob Hartog in lighter fluid. It's really Bleak, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't real lighter fluid because he just sprays it directly into his face and yeah. Rob's arms are at the side so he can't even defend himself. Yeah, it's like, it's pr almost waterboarding. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty, it's wild. It, to the point where you know they actually weren't going to light him up because it was such a, like, it would have just killed him. <laughs> it was such a ridiculous <laughs> amount of lighter fluid. <laughs> I mean, part of me was like, they really committed to, like, almost lighting him up because I was like, they're not going to, are they? What? <laughs> I, I knew they couldn't. It'd yeah. just be insane. And then all of a sudden, this random guy drop kicks Pastor Jim. And by random guy, I mean, we've never seen this man before. And commentary says, who is that? <laughs> we don't get a name. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It'd be so funny if they were going to like him. But this guy was like, no chance. Or he's like, imagine it was Kurt Angle. He's like, you are not going to take this one step. For this, I am not seeing this again on my television. Yeah, he hits the angle slam. <laughs> yeah. Slaps on an ankle lock. <laughs> No, so this guy, he low blows Dahmer and hits him with a stunner and then swantons him. And the crowd is just booing because they were wanting to see Hard Dog get lit on fire. And they start chanting bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get our slap, sloppy cut away. Like, the what was this? most appreciative <laughs> crowd in all of wrestling uh, cheered and a, a man potentially being... Killed alive for no killed alive, burnt alive, <laughs> and he's done nothing wrong, really. Yeah, yeah insane. This yeah. is just a ridiculous segment. What that spot could have been for anyone. Like, if, I thought Gabriel Knight was going to make the save or something. Uh, no, just this random guy. 
And they or was that, imagine how sick it would have been if Zandig was like, I'm going to protect my workers. But I mean, maybe he genuinely was stuck on a plane. I don't know, but... No, and then he would turn and light him on fire. <laughs> that would be awesome. That yeah. would be the Zandig move. Zandig just sees the dollars, dollar in his... <laughs> you just see the dollars in his eyes, like, knowing how many videos he can sell if he lights a man on fire. <laughs> so we get a sloppy cut away from the camera, like, where it looks like the, the video dies. And then when we come back, we've got, like, another camera in the hard, like... It seems like it's set up on the commentary table, and it's, like, not moving. It's not being held by someone. Very strange. Audio sort of changes for the better for commentary, mm. but then the in-ring is still, like, unlistenable. Uh, then we hear the following is a fans bring the weapons for a vacant Iron Man championship match. They don't explain why the why it's vacant. We saw Madman Pondo win, I want to say, two weeks ago. Uh, or a Did week Lobo, ago. Was it Lobo cutting it in half? Was no, Lobo- that was the hardcore belt. This was the one where Pondo, uh, Pondo just flatly beat Wife Beater for the belt, and now it's vacant, and they never explain why. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe when it was like, I don't know. Who cares? They, yeah. don't, they don't care. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So commentary then explains, by the way, I heard Nick Gage is going to be debuting a new finisher tonight, ostensibly, like, spoiling the match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then Gage early on, before Wife Beater even gets in the main ring, demands that the fans start throwing their weapons and chairs into the ring. Which is just so dangerous. You don't even know what they brought. Like, it could have just been anything. Yeah, that just a Molotov. They could have brought an assault rifle. This <laughs> is New Jersey, so I don't know the gun laws there. But, I mean, it is... They must be like, no guns. Because someone, surely, at some point, must have been like, I'll just take a, double, just, a sawn-off shotgun. I'll just bring a gun. <laughs> yeah, I'll just bring a cannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the ring is just covered in, like, plunder and all sorts of shit. Like, an actual kitchen sink. Because that's yeah. always the trope that they that, use. Is that... Fun fact, that kitchen sink grew up to be the kitchen sink Elon Musk took into the headquarters <laughs> Twitter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Wife Beater attack, uh, enters, and even as he's at the entrance ramp, Gage just attacks him on site, and the match begins. Uh, so I was sort of excited to see this one, but I thought they had such a good match last time. I'm like, they're not going to be able to top it, are they? I mean, it was so fucking gory. Anyway, yeah. And pretty intense. Um, so yeah, Gage clotheslines Wife Beater, and then, like, he so... Smack Mac was in front of Wife Beater, and Gage, like, ducks under him and just clotheslines Wife Beater, and then he picks up a chair and just smacks Mac, smacks Smack Mac in the back from behind. Sorry, nice. that was a mouthful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then Gage hits Wife Beater in the head with, like, a sink tube. Like, you know when you look under your sink, the, the tube that attaches it? Like, one of those yeah. big, big I'm always guys. like, man, that would wrap around someone's head so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they finally get in the ring, and again, it's already just covered in weaponry. Uh, Gage, he sort of turns around too, uh, too late, and Wife Beater breaks a keyboard in half on his head to the point where Gage starts bleeding immediately, and I'm pretty sure it was just a hard way. Like It looked like he just actually made him bleed with this keyboard. Yeah, some people are just bringing their stuff because they can't get to like a garbage disposal, right? Like, who's, <laughs> who's bought, brought a keyboard? Like, that, I don't understand who's brought that. Yeah, this guy is like, whatever I don't sell at the yard sale, I'm going to bring I'm it just going to take this CZW, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Wife Beater starts stapling Gage in the back, but then Gage gets a comeback and then starts stapling dollar bills on the Wife Beater. These guys are just, they've already set the bar so high that they just have to, like, assault each other at this point. Like, it is just, they, they're so reckless with one each other and, and items and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it definitely does get as gory, I'd say. Like, uh, but I... Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe because it's so soon after seeing it before, but mm. I don't know. It just doesn't hit the. I don't, hit I don't the same. think it does because if you remember the last one was a hundred tube light like death match and oh I, yeah, I don't think we've ever seen anyone as bloody as Wife Beater was in that. 
No, that's, that's when, true. Like, his chest and back was just red. It was yeah, gross. yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, but Gage, I mean, just as I say that, does pick up a tube, like a light tube bundle, and just destroys it on White Peter's head. Here, he grabs a crutch covered in barbed wire with a light tube through the middle. Uh, and then puts it in the corner, but then Wife Beater reverses the Irish whip, and he just back body drops Gage into the corner through the through the crutch tube thing. Yeah, that looks brutal. Then Wife Beater picks up like a shovel, like a snow shovel, and he destroys it on Gage with three shots. The last one hitting his head, and the handle of the shovel just flies off. I'm like, holy fuck, man! This is like a real shovel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, these guys are not bringing in fakes. And then in something I've never seen in a wrestling match before, in all my years of watching here. Nick Gage pulls out, like, this cooler. And I'm like, oh, what's that going to be full of, like, glass or tax? Or <laughs> yeah. Pulls out a lobster. A live lobster. <laughs> but, yeah, <it's, laughs> like, I... Peter probably would have come down hard on CZW if Dude, they'd I seen this. Grossed, yeah, I was Yeah, this is... This is... The... Even lo- even though lobsters go in an uh, undignified way normally about just getting cooked, like, this is... This is dark. This is a dark <laughs> end for this lobster. Yeah, so Gage puts the lobster in Wife Beater's pants down the back and then just smashes his ass with a chair. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so fucked up. Yeah, that, that lo- Yeah, I don't know. It is a bit... It is maybe... It feels like maybe the darkest moment on a CZW <laughs> show. Of everything we've seen, they I was like... They just killed an animal. Yeah, they just killed an innocent lobster who, like... <laughs> Thought he was being saved from being cooked and is actually way worse. Go- <laughs> yeah, it's significantly worse. <laughs> Just like gets demolished in wife beaters on wife beaters concrete ass. <laughs> so uh Gage is hitting roaring elbows when wife beater hits what they call his signature move, the chokenstein, which is a sit-down choke bomb, uh gets a two-fall. Wife beater then, another thing I've never seen actually, he gets one of those paint rollers, but it's covered in barbed wire and just starts <laughs> yeah. rolling it on his back. Yeah, so that's significantly more awesome than the lobster. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, he grabs a dildo and puts it in between yeah. his legs like he's going to mouthfuck Gage. Uh, but then Gage low blows him and he literally shoves the dildo in Wife Beater's mouth. And I'm like, all right, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's a weird spot to like talk about beforehand. Yeah, and I don't think the crowd are shouting gay or anything. No, they love this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, now that's some straight wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> they grab a cheese grater that's covered in barbed wire. And I'm like, does that defeat the purpose? Yeah, like, no, that's... Do you need to wrap a cheese grater in Yeah, I feel wire? like a cheese grater is more brutal without barbed wire, to be honest, <laughs> from what I've seen. So he grates Wife Beater a bit, and then he puts it on the ground and brain busters him on the cheese grater. Like, this is all just brutal stuff, actually. Yeah, a lobster died, though. <laughs> like, let's never forget that, that a lobster died. In, and, like, Wife Beater's just got lobster bits in his kecks now, in his pants. Like, he's just so- wrestling with, like, I guess a claw in there. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Gage hits his patented frog splash on Wife Beater while he's laying on, like, a screen door. This only gets a two count. He pulls him up for his patented choke breaker. And that Wife Beater tries throwing Gage into Mac, which of course we know gets reversed, and Mac hits Wife Beater with a speed sign. This follow- allows Gage to follow up with a reverse Death Valley driver, almost like setting up for a burning hammer. And he drops him on his neck and shoulder for the win, which they call the hardcore drop, his new finisher, at 11 minutes and 34 seconds. I was, you know, I didn't know he was going to debut a new finisher, so I was very <laughs> excited. I think it would have been funny if the lobster had been his finisher. Like, he, <laughs> that was how he ended all these matches. For a short run of CZW, they were like, he's bringing out. I mean, you imagine it's like Jake the Snake, but it's like Gage the Lobster. Like, That's you just think always, <laughs> like, in his bag, he's always got, like, a load of lobsters to bring out. And guys act all scared of the yeah, lobster. Yeah, going to do stuff. the lobster splash <laughs> so then we get our new iron man champ crowned uh 
and, and I have written here in a match, it just couldn't have been as good as the one before, but it was also the second best thing on this show, so I wasn't complaining. No, yeah, and like some insane stuff in there. Yeah, totally. And and almost like almost the wrong kind of insane, like shit that looks like it would hurt so bad, but doesn't look like visually impressive or anything. Like getting brain busted on a cheese grater would suck, but it doesn't really look that crazy. It no. doesn't like look like going through a table or whatever. And you know? a lobster died. <laughs> So that's when uh, Justice Payne enters to beat down Gage. If you remember at the beginning of the show, he was told he had the night off, but he decided to stick around just to attack Gage. That's when Moreno comes out to maintain order here, and he ha he's holding two title belts, and I just wish I could hear what he was talking about. So as he's distracting, all of Hate Club is like in the ring, sort of leaning over the rope and yelling at Moreno, when out of nowhere, Zandig comes in from behind and hits an exploding barbed wire bat on Wife Beater's back. And it makes this huge explosion. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. To the point where the fire alarms go off yeah. in the arena. <laughs> it's no wonder he's having trouble on his plane if he was like, I, you don't understand, I need, to, yeah, I, need to, I need to take this with me. It's, it's for entertainment Yeah, purposes. I promise I'm not going to use it on the plane. <laughs> so yeah, well, this was pre-9-11, I believe. So. Yeah, so he would have gotten away with that. Totally. They would have been like, bring two on, bro. <laughs> yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. uh, so Gage and Zandig then shake hands, I guess showing their, their weird alliance here. And Zandig cuts an unhearable promo, which sucks, but you do briefly hear him challenge Justice Payne. Then the announcer says, Zandig just got back, so let's remind everyone where he is again. And does a CZW chant. The most appreciative fans in all of wrestling. <laughs> and that leads to our, our main event, Zandig versus Justice Payne. Uh, Justice Payne gets advantage early, and then he's taunting on the rope to the crowds. Uh, and Zandig just low blows him and he lifts him like in his reverse gorilla press thing and throws him over the top rope just onto concrete and Justice Payne lands like so high angled on his neck and shoulders. I was like, holy fuck, he just yeah, broke like, his neck. Yeah, he like bounces a little bit as well. Like it's, oh. it's insane. And also like we did discover... Uh, looking at Zandig's Wikipedia page, that he was like 29 at this. But like, <laughs> we were both astonished at how young he would have been at this point. Because well, he, he's like 52 now. He's I 52 now, and at this point, he looks 50, like a 52-year-old jacked dude. Yeah. But he's like, he's younger than me at this point, and that makes me feel uncomfortable, to be honest. Like he, but yeah, it's crazy. He's so power. He's such a powerful man, and he really just showed. It's that thing we've talked about when if he's comfortable with you, he's way more dangerous with you. Like, yeah. he's, he's not trying to be professional like he was with Cronus. He throws him so dangerously, and this easily could have broken Justice Payne's neck. I, I was surprised he got back in so quick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's tossed back in the ring, and Zandig just decapitates Justice Payne with his clothesline. It looked really good, but it was just like a brutal lariat. Uh, Zandig's jawing with Smack Mac and Justin Case outside, but then Justice Payne calls him back into the ring, or calls him calls him back. It's weird. It's just like they reset the match, basically, with shit talk. Um, and then that's when the commentary iterates. By the way, this match is for the CZW <laughs> world title. So I think maybe that's what they sorted out in the ring. Yeah, I, get, I couldn't see what they were holding, to be honest. And then the match resets, and they start, like, reversing hammer locks. And I'm like, I just saw the guy get thrown on his head. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Why are we doing hammer locks here? Yeah. Uh, Justice Payne's like working the left arm of Zandig with a uh, with first with an arm bar, then a divorce court arm breaker. Uh, I'm like, wow, this guy must have learned some psychology with all that time in Japan. Yeah, well, red mist pain. <laughs> and then Zandig ducks like three kick attempts, and on the last one, he catches Justice Payne and then just power bombs him flat. Uh, Justice Payne bridges Zandig to the outside when he runs at him, and then Max slides him a chair. 
Outside, just in case, smacks Zandig with a chair, and then they set him up with a dive, which for the first time ever, Justice Payne actually hits the, the intended target and doesn't yeah, he take looks out good. his own partner. I think he looked good in this. To be, like, Justice Payne has, not to talk about him like he's my child, but he's come on a long way. Like He's really improved totally. from where he was, and like he actually looks good in this i mean t- to be wrestling you know obviously i've got a lot of respect for wrestlers in jeans but this guy's like in weird leathery pants as well and he's <laughs> like really going for it totally uh and then i just as pain gets his receipt here and just breaks a chair on zandig's head in in like maybe the worst chair shot of the night so far I yeah was, i was like holy fuck you know when a piece of the chair just flies off into the audience it was one of those uh and then he grabs a barbed wire bat and instead of using it, he just throws it into the back corner of the arena, and the fans just boo him. And I'm like, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. And instead, he chooses to do an acai moonsault, which is just far more impressive. Zandig hurls a chair at Justice Payne to the who's so Zandig's in the ring. He throws it at Justice Payne on the outside, and it bounces off his head. Then he tries to climb to the top rope, but his leg gives out. And I couldn't tell if this was like a setup spot or if his leg just legit like failed him. Here. I feel like it probably gave out. Yeah. Meanwhile, security is just on one side of the ring setting up a barbed wire table. And always in CCW, I'm like, are there explosives on that table? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah it's pretty sick that the security team are the ones doing that. As well. <laughs> like, yeah, they're the ones who are like, actually, we. I know we're here to protect people, but we'll just do this first. I don't mind that about CCW when it's neutral. Like, I don't like when they're just helping helping a guy for some reason. But if as a match is going on, just to save time, they yeah, just they're have just setting set up. up yeah, weapons. they're just yeah, they're just lighting things on fire. Yeah. <laughs> they fight outside. Justice Payne's climbing like the cage on the arena to like try escape, but Zandig catches him and he just power bombs him on these two seated chairs that just happen to be there. Which I mean, I'm sure he would have just done it on the ground otherwise. So maybe that's better. I don't know. It's what the security were doing. They're trying to save lives out there. <laughs> Justice Payne uh, mounts his comeback and makes his patented table ramp. I feel like he's the innovator of the table ramp yeah 100 because we had a table ramp before from in another match and it didn't hit right and it was accidental table yeah ramp. it was just acci- pain always purposely yeah he does up. it yeah yeah exactly it's not on <laughs> purpose and you know obviously i've always been a big fan of table ramp i've never <laughs> said differently um but i'm like hell yeah table ramp time baby yeah and then that's when he just picks up zandig and power bombs him through it i was like it's a pretty small guy to be power bombing zandig through yeah, a table 29 year old zandig is not a light person <laughs> Back in the ring, they wrestle to the top rope, and Zandig hits an impressive, like, the Claudio sort of suplex where Justice Payne's on the second rope outside of the ring, and Zandig yeah, rolls him over yeah, with yeah. just pure power. And then he rolls him back in and rolls it and just hits a regular suplex. This is when Justin Case jumps in the ring to break the pinfall. Zandig then gorilla presses Justice Payne, uh, and he falls, like, instead of just pressing him, he falls down to his ass, sort of like Nikki Bella would do. And just, like, crushes Justice Payne's ribs on his, like, neck and shoulders. It looked particularly brutal here. Uh, Justice Payne runs at Zandig for a clean back body drop over the top rope through a normal table. And then Zandig puts the barbed wire table in the ring and sets up another table on the top rope, almost like a platform for them to stand <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. I thought that was sort of cool, actually. Yeah, I don't know how the physics of that would work, but yeah, it's, it looks well, cool. Because, like, the legs go over each side of the rope, almost, like, maintaining its sturdiness. Yeah. So they're wrestling on this big table platform uh, above, like, a barbed wire table that's yeah, set up in the ring. It's sort of a cool visual. Yeah, it looks a bit like a Mario Party game or something. Like, one of you has to stay on there to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, losers go through the barbed wire <laughs> yeah, table. Yeah. 
Uh, Justice Payne just gets to the ring, casually hops up on the table platform that he's made, and then Zandig sets up the mother effing bomb, which is what they're, <laughs> we're now, they're now calling his reverse gorilla press sort of move. But Justice Payne counters and hits the superplex through the barbed wire table, which doesn't explode. Uh, it goes for a pinfall when Nick Gage comes out of nowhere and breaks it up. That's when Wife Beater runs in the ring and attacks Gage. Suddenly, Blade and Nick Mondo run out and start attacking Hate Club. There's just full chaos here. Yeah. The crowd's sort of... It's like a classic WWF sort of pay-per-view finish where it's just there's so much going on, but the fans just like seeing people come out. Uh, and then the, during all of this, in one of the dumber finishes I can remember, Lobo just comes in, pins Zandig, and wins the CZW title at 18 minutes and 22 no seconds. Rules. I, 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 no rules. No rules. Yeah, no limits. No limits. Yeah, I mean... It would have been funny if, like, David Arquette had <laughs> get, <laughs> get him in. And, that Yeah, it's just insane. Like, no rules, no limit. I guess, okay, but it's just very odd. It's not that in that's, the match. Yeah, that's not, that's not how it should work. Um, I haven't seen this guy for, like, a, a few weeks now. Yeah, and I guess that's... that. If you can do that, then I, anyone can... I don't... It, it's it's mm. awful. Like, it's really bad. Oh, no, we did see him last month, but before that, it'd been a while, because he was threatening about going to ECW and how life's not yeah. fair for Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never took me to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just very, very strange, and it, just an, a really bad ending, I thought. Yeah, uh, I thought so, too. Uh, I mean, I like sort of Lobo winning the title. It's just... I don't know. It, it's just weird. Just give him a proper one because he's won this, like, I guess, in, like, a devious manner. Like, he's just running and done it. Well, he's like a heel now, I guess, who yeah. fucked over the heel in Justice Pain. It's weird. Yeah, also, I'm sure, like, in the chaos, someone else would have laid on Zandig for more than three seconds yeah. at that point. Like, I don't... Like, who was deciding that this was the one that counted as a pin, I guess? Yeah, and Moreno's out here, and he does—he seems fine with all of this. He just lets it all go yeah, down. Yeah, very strange. Uh, he cuts another promo you can't hear, and he's sort of announcing future matches. Justice Payne, of course, has to cut another promo, and he just seems pissed. Again, you can't understand these guys, so you're just going off facial expressions. Yeah, very strange. And then the show ends with the classic Zandig-prompted CZW chant. And that is the end of CZW. No rules, no limits. Uh, so what are you giving this one, Ben? Um, so I'm going to give it two scores. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to invent something new here and I'm going to give the show one. <laughs> I'm going to give the show one because I didn't think it was very good, um, overall, but I think the tag team match is so good. It deserves its own separate. And I'm giving that, I'm, I'm going to give that a, I'm going to give that a three, the match itself a three. <laughs> Cause it was, it was great. Yeah. Like it's. I don't want to go too mad. I don't want to cause inflation on the scores, but like that match genuinely transcended the quality of that episode for sure. Like that tag team match is so good, um, but the episode overall is dog shit. Like totally, like you can't see it. Like a, a lobster die. We watched an animal die. <laughs> like in in that you know a, a lobster unfortunately passed away. Um, so yeah, I I didn't think it was it was very good, um, but. That match, I think, deserves its own, like, to say that it was different. It was not a one-star match. It was a three-star match. I, I agree with you. I, I gave the whole show 0.75 out of 7. And I said, with this video and audio, there's no chance this show is hitting higher than a 1. And it didn't. Yeah. Uh, without that tag match, I probably would have gone, like, 0.25. Uh, yeah. This, this was just, like... I mean, the wife beater match was fine, but we just saw a better one before. The main event was, like, had that stupid ending. The tag match really saved this show. Uh, yeah, it was just fucking... Yeah, it was a real disappointing step back, I'd say. Because I really liked the show last week. I, I thought it yeah. was great. 
Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this was just uh, pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. <laughs> Back to normal. Well, everyone, this has been Comics in the Combat Zone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to follow on Instagram, I'm Jordan Ducharme, at FunnyJordanD. And I'm Ben Stead, at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And we'll be back at you with another episode next week.